Welcome to Nostalgia Cast, your weekly roundup of the best and most up-to-date nostalgic news, where we discuss the stories from a safe distance and give our thoughts. I am your host, who misses the days when kids' cereal and other snacks were loaded with sucrose. I really walked walk down a path on that one today. Yep. Andrew Price. You went on a journey. I'll buy himself. Kelby Joseph don't want to be. I'll buy himself anymore. And Dad Beats, a.k.a. Kirkman Shaw. Dad Beats! Kelby, do you know what song he was singing? I'm just curious. Based of course. On do you? Uh, Come on, Kirk, Kirk. I don't know. Talk, it's talk an to me old nice. ass song. Talk, talk to me nice, Celine Kirk. Celine Dion? T- talk to me nice, Kirk. Come on, well, man. Well, Celine Dion. I don't want to be all by myself. Yeah, Kelby, hit it. That, me? I mean, it's not yeah, a Celine Dion song. I know. I know. I was, that was the joke. I was saying yeah. I, I, that was, she covered it. She covered it. Mr. Eric Carmen. From yeah. Cleveland, Ohio, Eric. Go ahead, Carmen. Cleveland. That's one yeah. of them. Representing one really schmaltzy song. Some of you, some of you uh, younger people might be more familiar with the uh, the Eric Carmen version of the song from uh, Disney. Celine Dion. What? You just said Eric Carmen. No, but no, you might the the. I heard the Celine Dion version first because my mom is yeah. a huge Celine Dion fan. And then I became familiar with the other song later. But uh, younger kids might actually be more likely to be familiar with the original version because it was in Disney's Under Wraps, the Disney original film. I don't even know that film. What is Disney Under Wraps? Uh, it was a movie in the in the late '90s uh, about a mummy uh, <laughs> that comes back to life, and uh, these kids find it. It's basically like it's just it's the same as any of those types of movies, E.T., Harry and the Hendersons, oh, okay, Encino Man. It's like it's like some kind of creature or like ancient thing comes back to life, and then a bunch of kids like take it under their wing and have a magical adventure. Um, it was a Disney original movie, and there was like a there was this repeating theme to it where the mummy was like lonely because it's like wife or it's from the from like ancient Egypt was buried as a mummy and he missed it he missed her and so some at some point in the beginning of the movie that song comes on a radio and he like he like loves the song and then anytime he hears the song he like gets really emotional and then at the end of the movie he gets reunited with the mummy woman uh but that song just plays like five times throughout that entire movie that sounds By like way, no harry and the hendersons the, I mean, it was a is a Disney original movie. They're they're a totally different vibe. It's like a, it's okay. like a it's like a made for TV movie oh, with a, okay. with a, with a very specific like vibe to it. The girl okay. who was in that movie, <coughs> who was also in uh, in True Confessions, if you remember that mm-hmm. movie, yeah, uh, I do. She's no longer an actress. She's a lawyer now. Oh, really? Good for mm-hmm. her. A yeah, she in was. Atlanta. I remember her well. She was one of those. She's one of those like kid 
act like specifically female kid actors who is like very like I'm a 30 year old in a 12 year old's body just like a very like kind of like precocious adult type person makes sense that why she's a lawyer now yeah That's right uh what's going on guys how's it been going we we don't we, we we're down we're down one payload uh tyler <laughs> could my... tyler couldn't be on the show because uh he's he's uh deli- delivering hot meals to coronavirus ch- children yes um god bless no, him no he's coronavirus uh children <laughs> yes uh, i mean let's just let's just call him out Let's put him on blast. He's not here because he doesn't want to be. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, That's really why. 100%. That's what he told me. For this episode. For this episode, we should clarify. Yeah. Yeah. He said it's not his vibe. (laughs) Yeah. So he's not feeling it today. He had to celebrate his girlfriend's birthday. Bullshit. If If I ever seen a lie. Right? Yeah. If it was my birthday and... My significant other didn't do a nostalgia cast. I'd be mad. Yeah. It was my birthday. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Yeah. Yeah. What? What? what, what how selfish can you be? Right. You, you just had a birthday. I'm and he, here. he didn't say a thing. Nope. This should have been his moment. Yep. But he has to he celebrates his girlfriend's birthday. Over mine. Yeah. It makes no sense. God, he's a piece of shit. <laughs> So Happy selfish. birthday, Kirk. Happy belated birthday. Thank you. I appreciate that. I already gave... Younger than I gave, ever. I gave Bert, Kirk the best birthday present he could ever have. He did. That sounded weird, but I know what you mean, and it was... Yeah. Yeah. What did he give you? <laughs> Shockingly. Let's just say, let's just say social distancing rules were not... <laughs> were, were, were not uh, respected. If I could put it in terms that no one would understand... I would say salad milkies. <laughs> Kirk, blink twice if you need some cranberry juice. <laughs> yeah, I'll be right there. <laughs> oh, boy. There is a burn. All, right. All right. I introduced him to uh, uh, a musical oh, yeah. experience. I'm going to send it to you, Kelby, right, right up my alley. You might already know the guy, but... Uh, afterwards, I'll, I'll slack it to you. It's fantastic. He's Wonderful. very. He's, I, 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 he's not like a. He's not super well known at all. He literally, uh, his biggest claim to fame is that Drake sampled one of his songs on. If you're reading this, it's too late on the opening track. So, um, his Legend? name is yeah yeah. His name is Gabriel Garzon Montano, um, and. <laughs> He uh, in, in in the opening track of uh, if you're reading this is too late the sample the rock me real slowly I'm just like a baby I'm moving over oh here. at the end um, yeah that's fire yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah, yeah. so that's him and that was from an EP that he put out uh, back in. 2017 20... I think it said yeah and and. Uh, that's impossible. No, yeah, the, the the EP he did was earlier than that. The EP oh, was okay. like was like oh, uh, no, it was the most yeah, recent song he did. Yeah, right, if you're right. reading this, it's too late. Came out in like what 2015, uh, yeah. and it it came out like 
2014 or 2015 or whatever. And that was all the music he had. He just had this four-song EP. That was that was just mm-hmm. every, and for years that's all he had. And then in 2017 he put out an actual album, and he just has the one album. So he has he has uh, a, a four-song EP and then a full album, and that's it. Uh, and I haven't really heard he hasn't. I haven't heard him like get bigger. I haven't uh, seen anything more from him. The way that I discovered him was I was listening to a uh, Sirius uh, XM station, and uh, it was uh, a station being hosted by the guys from the Black Keys. They have their own uh, hour-long block on one of the indie radio stations, and they were like, this guy was the guy that did this song that Drake sampled, uh, and then they played the song, and then I looked into it. So he's like really kind of under the radar, but he's great. And I by love the that. Way, Legend is an underrated classic song. Underrated. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean that's that's just, that's just a great uh, mixtape or whatever you, <laughs> whatever you call it. Some something a project an album. Pretty yeah. Much. Yeah, it's an album. I mean, the 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 lines between what is a mixtape and what is an album are just so blurred that it's just like people call it a mixtape whenever they just like don't want to do too much like pro uh, like PR around it. That's like pretty much the difference. It's like I don't want to do a promotional tour for this. He's not going to do PR anyways. It's not like he's going down to the Breakfast Club or going down to Hot ninety seven. He just puts a really obscure uh, uh, Instagram video out, and that's that's his promotion. But uh, yeah, great song, uh, great sample as well. So if that's what you're listening to, Kirk, you're in the fold, dude. Yeah, it's nobody's blocking your your coins today. (laughs) Nah, there's nobody by blocking blocking your coin. No, Uh, but yeah, check it check it out. Uh, Gabriel Garzon Montano uh, or Montano or whatever. Um, I've never heard it spoken out loud. Uh, But (laughs) he has a he has a he has a great EP, a four track a four song EP, and then he has a. an album called Jardine. Uh, it's great. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Oh, yeah. What? What? What do? You, what do you guys? What do you guys? That's it. Right? That's yeah. all I have. That's my big thing. That's where I live. I, I was telling Kirk about my adventures uh, watching Disney movies that I never seen before. So I watched uh, 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 Tangled, uh, Moana, Brave, and I'm halfway through Princess and the Frog. Uh, Tangled and Moana, solid. I like Tangled a lot. Brave is I I I just did not care for Brave. Agree, um, I agree. And uh, it's the accents, huh? And the weird story. The accents. Yeah. No. Uh, no. I yeah. No, I don't know. I just yeah. I wasn't. I wasn't into the story. I wasn't into the story. Uh, I, I just wasn't into the story. Um, I yeah. I don't when they when they changed to a bear. I was like. Uh, now it's gonna be a bear story, and also there was, yeah, and there was also there was just also Not there was also the story. other Disney movie about somebody turning into a bear. Which one was that? Oh, uh, uh, brother bear. Yeah, just like we got oh, we no, got that one. A, he was he was already a bear. I don't know. Brave is cool. I I understand why he got the Oscar that year because the animation in it was spectacular. But uh, yeah. Tangled is so good. Like, it's so good. I don't even know why it's so good, but it's so good. Moana, it's a great uh, story. 
I didn't love the uh, I didn't love the uh, the voices in Moana. It seems like it didn't fit the characters. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't I don't agree with that. I, I I liked them a lot. And the and the cool thing about Moana is that Moana, you know, it, it takes place in the Pacific Island, and then all of the voice actors are all um, uh, Pacific Islanders or uh, mm-hmm. from Aboriginal heritage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I thought both of those were better than Brave. Princess and the yeah. Frog? Oh, yeah, Princess and the Frog, too. All those are better than Brave. Yeah, Princess and the Frog is pretty good. Uh, it, in the context of being the final 2D animated Disney movie, it it's not the greatest send-off, but it's still pretty good. It's very charming. Ba- yeah. I've seen half of it. It's very charming and just very light and nice so yeah i'm gonna yeah. finish it later on today but I, i'm enjoying it you know i could see why people will stand these disney movies hard because i've yeah. never seen them yeah i i loved uh i loved uh, i saw moana and frozen before i had kids and i like i liked them both a lot uh i never saw frozen now now i'm uh a little tired of them but uh <laughs> uh <laughs> Yeah, so b- before we get into these stories, uh, I wanted to go over the uh, the ever-evolving epic story of the coronavirus affecting the movie industry. So last episode, we talked about how, uh, or I mean, over the last several episodes, we talked about, mm-hmm. you know, how all the movie theaters have closed and studios are starting to release things digitally. Um and uh, and then last episode we talked about how Georgia was planning on reopening theaters um, a little earlier than people were recommending, and ultimately we we talked about and I believe is you know pretty much the 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 right perspective on it. Uh, you know wh- whatever you believe about um, the quarantine or whether or not we should or should shouldn't be doing it. Uh, I strongly believe that even if movie theaters open up nobody's going to really go to them because number one, there's no movies. Number two, people are still a little scared. I just don't think that it, it's like, okay, open them up and your people are still not going to go. And so um, recently, pretty much fairly quickly after we did the episode, um, AMC, which is the biggest movie theater chain in the world, uh, announced that they will not, Reopen their theaters, even if they're allowed to, until they've decided that it's right, it's a right time. So um, as we speak, uh, movie theaters are are opening back up in the state of Georgia. Uh, they have Georgia is issuing strict rules about reopening and what they need to do in terms of cleaning and social distancing rules and all that. Um, but AMC said, like, we're still not going to reopen. <laughs> even if we're allowed to. And I have so a, oh. what what was that? I have a sneaky subs uh oh suspicion suspicion that AMC is not That was opening. sneaky. You couldn't even couldn't even say it. It was so sneaky. Yeah. I I have a feeling that they're op- they're not opening for a different reason. Oh, 100%. Ooh. I mean, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're definitely right. I mean, uh I mean, I, I think there's probably some truth in it. I think that they are what they're saying in some way is true on a mm-hmm. surface level. 
but there's other things going on where it's just like they are, you know, AMC is just not in the best financial place right now. And I'm sure that this is just the tip of the iceberg of like other really bad problems going on behind the scenes with their company. Mm-hmm. 100%. So it's not yeah. completely altruistic of like we need to save ourselves and protect the people. It's Heck no, they're a we business. Broke. <laughs> yeah, we're broken. If we open back up and there's no nobody coming to watch the movies and we have to pay all these employees to be here, we're gonna be broker faster. So yeah, yeah no, I don't. I don't think that they care about anybody in the sense of <laughs> it's unsafe and whatever. No, they're just not gonna make anyone. Yeah, I, I, I think you're totally right. And, um, you know, while I was going to read sort of what their statement was, which is them basically saying, like, you know, as we plan our reopening, the health and safety of our guests and associates is our absolute highest priority. Um, to be able to open, we also need a line of sight into a regular schedule of new theatrical blockbusters to get people truly excited about returning to their favorite movie theaters. Um, so they kind of, like, slightly show their hand there where they say that they're um, – they're not going to reopen because of the mm-hmm. safety concerns and the priority of their guest safety. But then they also separately say, we need to see that there are movies in the pipeline that are going to bring in people. So they kind of like subtly show their hand that they're just nervous to reopen because if they reopen, like Kelby said, and nobody comes and they've, even if they've paid everybody, all these employees they bring back in, even if they pay them for like a week, th- that could possibly, you know, in the in the in the words of uh, Joe Exotic, it could they would they'll never financially recover from this. Um, <laughs> that's my guy. <laughs> yeah, and and uh, so so I, I I think that's definitely the issue is just like, and it's also it's not even necessarily bad. I mean, it's it's smart. It's like okay, you you're saying we can reopen. Where are the movies though? Yeah. Like well like what like What are we why, showing? Yeah, why would we reopen? There's no movies. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wanna see uh I mean going even into it now, I really wanna see Christopher <coughs> Nolan's tenant, but our movie theater's like, yeah, let's open up for that. That's well, a big not, movie. Not that movie alone, definitely. Yeah. Um but even that, that movie's not slated to come out until July. Yeah. I mean you need bigger movies. Even if things are fine, you need still need bigger movies for people to go, oh, wow, well, I really want to see that in the theater. If things are safe, I'll go see it now because it's a huge movie I want to see. Yeah. Yeah, there's nothing, there's nothing right now coming out or hyped that could be that one linchpin movie to like bring everybody back out. Yeah. Except Time Lock. Yeah. <laughs> they like in a in a hypothetical scenario if they had in game locked and loaded yeah and then they're like all right movie theaters are open next week and then 2 days later in game is coming out then they could bring some people out they would immediately be like let's get it ready let's get yeah. it going yeah 100% any of those movies end game black panther uh, um, you know any of those big big movies? DC got to sit down for this one, though. They they can't come out with a movie. For yeah, a no, no, they no, no. Relax. Yeah, they gotta relax. <laughs> we don't. We really like I, as much as I want to see a uh, 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 woman w- w- woman wonder 
eighteen woman wonder wonder woman <laughs> what, what wonder wonder woman eighteen eighty four uh, they got to relax nineteen eighty four nineteen eighty four that movie can come out next year they could change Kelby <laughs> you have to stop buying your movies off of the back of a truck in a Walmart parking lot I don't I buy it at the at the barber shop oh. <laughs> that was uh, the weirdest. <laughs> title of a movie ever woman, woman wonder Wo- 1884 woman wonder 1884 is great they're not even allowed to wonder in 1884 <laughs> yeah. yeah that was that's what the movie's about it's about a woman just wondering about something and everyone's like oh my goodness what are you doing she gets <laughs> she gets a balls. scarlet w she has the demon her. in her <laughs> quick drown her <laughs> Um, That's the movie. So, and 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 this next story is so uh, dovetailing off of that. Uh, we talked about this uh, once again on over the last couple episodes. Uh, you know, people bringing streaming movies, uh, bringing movies to streaming early, or in some rare situations, just releasing a movie streaming only. Uh, and I think at this point, the only movie that has skipped the theater entirely and come to streaming is um, Trolls World Tour uh, from 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 Universal. So uh, AMC uh, just released a statement and they've basically announced that they will no longer show Universal films at all. For uh, the foreseeable future, they don't even give a timeline. They're like, yeah, they don't forever. give a time. They're basically just saying we're not going to show uh universal movies they don't say they don't say ever again but they're just kind of leaving they're just kind of making an yeah. open-ended statement um and the reason for that is because uh universal recently came out and said they gave they gave numbers and a statement about the performance of trolls world world tour and what they basically said was in the first 3 weeks of release the movie made 100 million dollars um streaming exclusively which is uh compared to the first trolls movie the in the first 3 weeks it made 116 million dollars at the theater uh and it's it's lifetime uh gross in the US and Canada for movie theaters was um 153 million and globally it was 347 million so they basically put these numbers out and were like, eh, you know, wasn't too far off from what we made in the theater. Uh, and uh, AMC and uh, NATO, the National Association of the National Associated Theater Organization, I forget what the specific thing is that it stands for. Uh, they did not take a liking to this. Uh, and they, they basically saw it as like a slap in the face and a rebuke of movie theaters and a violation of the 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 uh, good faith uh, partnership between uh, studios and exhibitors. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and because basically how it works is there's a there's a there's a window agreement where movie studios agree to not release their movies streaming for a certain amount of time uh, and while the movie is in theaters and then after that embargo is up then they can release it streaming um and that's just been an established thing 
you know, since the days of home video release, uh, there's always been this windowed uh, release uh, agreement. And the agreement has become more and more important uh, because back in the day, you know, the studios would never just release a movie on video first or you know, because because they could just make so much more money from the theater at the time. But as time has gone on and as movies have sort of, as theaters have sort of like made less and less money and it's been harder and harder to get people to come out to the theater, that embargo has become very crucial to their business model. Like, please do not release this on streaming early. Uh, so they saw this as just a violation of that entire thing. And not only a, a violation of it, for this one specific movie, but a a criminal exhibition of a new business model that could be mass adopted that would cut movie theaters out of the equation. So on the strength of that, they said we're no longer they you know they played their one ace in the hole of we're not going to show your movies anymore. So if anybody else out there releases a movie streaming first. We're not going to show your movies either. Now, there are two things to this. Hit me with the caveats. Not necessarily caveats, but there are two little details to this. Number one, uh, so so basically after this statement was released, Universal came back. <coughs> Universal hit them with the caveats. And they said... You know, you completely mis misconstrued what we said. We weren't we weren't saying that we were moving away from uh we we weren't abandoning movie theaters. We were just talking about this one specific thing where we've released this in response to this national health crisis, uh, where we've provided entertainment to families while they're sheltering at home and unable to go to the movie theater, and we're just sharing a case study of how well that did. Um, and we're also saying that you know in the future we will consider this and. A, you know, apply this new uh, approach to distribution when it is makes sense and is appropriate. But you know, we still value uh, the <coughs> we still value the movie theater as uh, part of our distribution model. Uh, now, so so here's the two things. The first thing is, it doesn't really make sense to me for AMC to have this reaction and to think that Universal is trying to cut movie theaters out of the equation because Trolls World Tour made the amount of money it did during a national pandemic where everybody is sheltering at home and movie theaters aren't open. There's no guaranteeing that if all movie theaters were open, if everything was quote-unquote back to normal, people were going outside again, people weren't scared of going into places anymore, Maybe maybe a year from now or or late or longer even, there's no guaranteeing that a movie released digitally would make that amount of money. So you know they're talking about they're talking about a, a case study that happened during a very specific moment in time when the the script is flipped. Everything's different. So I don't think it makes a whole lot of sense to get scared about what that means for the future because. Things are never going to be like this again. There's never going to be a situation again after, you know, a certain amount of time has passed to create the conditions where everybody is stuck inside of their houses. They need entertainment. They can't go anywhere. And 
So everybody just buys this movie. Uh, so, you know, it just seems like a bit of an overreaction to have that kind of reaction to this um, case study or, or Universal saying this. Uh, but the, the second thing is... Um, no... I think I've said this before on the podcast, but, and I think we even talked about this with Mike whenever he was on talking about movie theater stuff, but exhibitors have very little power in this, in, 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 in movie distribution. They, they have very little sway. It's the whole reason why NATO exists. NATO is essentially their unionized organization for protecting them, uh, because, Specifically because they have very little power or sway in the overall movie distribution pipeline. Uh, similar, to how, uh, similar to how unions protect workers, protect, you know, whether it's like the Screenwriters Guild or the Actors Guild or the Directors Guild, protecting those individual writers, actors, and, and directors, or a grocery store union protecting grocery store employees, um, NATO exists to protect movie theaters specifically because they have very little power in the equation and they can be taken advantage of and they can be screwed over by um, the other uh, players in the pipeline that have all of the power, which are studios, distributors, and the consumer. Uh, so, you know, saying this really... It just kind of means nothing. It's like, okay, you're not going to play our movies anymore. Sure, we'll see if that's we'll see if you hold to that whenever Fast and the Furious Nine yeah, comes out. That's what I was thinking. It's such a it's such a veiled threat. We're like, well, we're not doing Universal movies, but if they come up with a banger, they'll be like, oh, well, maybe we misspoke. And yeah, that new Fast Furious movie, sure, that will be the exception. Mm -hmm. But all the others we're really mad at mad about. But also. I mean, are they going to do that to every studio? Like, if Disney's, like, going to stream early, they're going to be like, well, Disney, you're banned too. That's not going to happen. Here's the thing. Here's the thing that, that I see it a totally different way. Universal in instantly responds to AMC because, honestly, Trolls 2 will never, ever make as much money as Trolls 1 because it went out on streaming first. It never, ever will. Uh, um, the, 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 the institution of theaters um, is more important in the distribution model than people believe. I actually, when I saw this story, I went, I, I went out and I, and I looked at revenue for theaters for the past 10 years. In the past five years, something has changed to where they were making X amount of dollars and the dollars have doubled and tripled in revenue over the past five years. That is to say, streaming is not necessarily as great as people think it is. Um, it, it's uh, like video, it's like home video, where that, that, the revenue that people, that they will make from the theaters is just the first leg. And then the reason why they're waiting that time to get onto a streaming platform or to put it in Redbox or whatever they decide to do is, so, is another 
opportunity for them to make more money on the same uh, uh, on the same project. So because it came out on streaming first, they shot themselves in the leg because now uh, no one is missing the movie. Everyone owns it right off the bat. When you're watching it in a movie theater, you're renting it for two hours. And then now you have to wait to pay for it again. There's no way ever will uh, this second movie make as much money. So I think AMC, knowing that how important they are, just going based off of revenue in the past five years of these major studios realizing that no movie theaters are not dying. They're not dying at all. In fact, they're thriving. They're bigger than they've been in the past 30 years. They're making more money. I don't, now, I don't, I don't now, disagree with you. Now yeah. they're, they're, they're putting out that threat because, uh, because if fast nine, for example, <coughs> A billion dollar project, a one point something billion dollar project decides to go to streaming first. That movie will only make 300 million. That movie will make only max 400 million. And they're throwing that opportunity away uh, um, uh, by putting out those numbers. And it may have just been like, oh, this is just a case study. And AMC may be overreacting, but it does make it seem like they're just trying to say like, oh, well, we could just stream and that's it. We never have to go to theaters. But the honest truth is if you go straight to streaming, you will make less money. You just will. I don't I don't disagree with you. I think that that's true. Um, and and also and Universal's response to AMC may have even been an element of panic of like, oh, shit, we don't want to like fuck up this relationship. Um, but here's so here's the Cavs. Um, Maybe the cops. So, number one, even if movie theaters are making a ton of money, uh, or more money than they have made in previous times, uh, if movie theaters were making a lot of money, and then they started to decline as home video and then streaming, and uh, you know started to eat a little bit of the market share, and then now it's been on the a little bit of the incline. Um, even if that's the case, uh, the relationship between, uh, movie studios and, uh, movie theaters, the exhibitors is not a symbiotic relationship. It's not a mutually, um, it's not a, it's not a mutually, uh, dependent relationship. Movie studios... They have tons of, they have, not to say that they wouldn't be largely crippled by cutting movie theaters out of the equation, but they have other means of making money. And if they, you know, if they had to adapt, they could adapt. They, they, you know, if, if hypothetically, this is just how things are for the rest of our lives. If just, this is just the apocalypse and we just have to stay in our houses forever, uh, you know, movie studios could start making animated movies only and they could pipe them into us, our houses via... I'm just... Uh, obviously, there's gaps in what I'm saying that don't make sense, but I'm just speaking hypothetically. Whereas movie the movie theaters are 100% solely dependent on uh, movie studios to provide the, the content. Um, they... they, they it's, it's a... This sounds negative... 
I'm not trying to say this in a negative way, but it, it's a it's a parasitic relationship. They 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 need the studios to survive. The studios don't necessarily need the movie theaters to survive. Uh, they they like like you said, I agree with you that they would make less money and it could possibly be very bad for them. Um, but it's 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 not a it's not a completely symbiotic relationship. It's not a mutually dependent relationship. So that being said, um, I I I do think that despite what AMC says, whatever threats that they that they uh, that they make, like I said before, whenever Fast and the Furious Nine comes out, they're not they're not turning that down. Yeah, why would they turn they're, that down? They're, on they're, they're not turning down Fast Nine. Um, uh, and and especially in the in the scenario where maybe other other studios like we already we talked about the story last week about Warner Brothers and how they were considering doing some uh, streaming only stuff. So what they're going to ban Warner Brothers too? Uh, what happens if every studio that exists releases one or two movies streaming only during the pandemic during the quarantine? They're gonna then what? They're gonna ban all of them? What what are they gonna do? Yeah. The 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 uh, this is a this is a muscle flex where they're trying to use make a universal an example and basically say we did this to universal so if you if you you know we'll do this to you if you do the same thing but if all of the studios just all got together and said let's all release one movie streaming first they can't ban them all cuz then there's no movies they they have nothing to show um, so I, I don't, I don't disagree with you. I don't think that, um, the studios would get by fine without theaters and they could just go a hundred percent, you know, streaming and just cut the movie theater experience out of the equation. Nor do I want that to happen. I love going to the movie theater. Um, but I do find this to be somewhat of an unrealistic, impractical threat. And I do still hold the opinion that Exhibitors have very little power in the uh, movie distribution pipeline, and uh, you know that's the whole kind of reason why they have a a union basically is to protect them from being screwed over and exploited. Mm-hmm. But but I but I but I do agree, and I don't I don't I I think that if if nothing else, you know, sharing these numbers about World, Trolls World Tour. It's really just like, hey, look, we're not totally screwed. Um, but I don't, I don't think that it was an example of how they don't need movie theaters and that movie theaters could be cut out of the equation and studios would be fine. Yeah, it was more of a, hey, look, we, we didn't fuck up. We didn't do too bad. Look at this. As opposed to any sort of flex by Universal. Right. Yeah. But that being said... Uh, recently, you know, after the statement was was released and Universal sort of had the response, um, Regal Cinemas, or more specifically Cineworld, which is the overarching uh, conglomerate that owns uh, the Regal Cinemas chain, um, came out with a kind of more measured response. Um, so they basically they uh, they spoke out in solidarity with AMC. But they didn't say, oh, we're banning Universal movies uh, entirely. Um, what they said was they basically, they, they said that Universal's, what they did and what they said was inappropriate. 
and uh, violates the trust and and partnership between um, studios and exhibitors. And they said that they would not. And then they basically, instead of saying, and we're banning all Universal movies, we're not going to play their movies anymore. <coughs> what they said instead was, uh, we will not show movies that violate our windowed policy uh, where it's released you know, early on streaming. So they went as far as showing solidarity for AMC, but they did not say we are banning Universal movies. They made clear, we will show any movie from any studio as long as they respect the windowed policy of waiting X amount of time before releasing it digitally. It doesn't feel like they're standing beside AMC, more like they're standing six feet away from AMC. Yeah, totally. I mean, they're that, really, that's they're really they're not doing. really behind them that much. Yeah. They're just saying like, they're just saying like, we stand behind the sentiment of what AMC has an issue with, but, uh, but we good fast nine. We're, we'll, we'll have we'll, it. We're, we'll have it. Just please. As long as you don't release it digitally early, we're good. We're good. Um, and then the last thing, uh, I, I find this very funny. Um, <coughs> so we've talked about this a lot on the show, especially in the early days of the show. We were talking about streaming services a lot more. And uh, we talked about how, you know, Martin Scorsese said that, like, stuff like Marvel movies aren't real movies and that, like, movies, you know, need to be released in theaters. And Steven Spielberg said that movie streaming movies should not be considered for Oscars. And there's a lot of debate about that. And then Oscars have historically not accepted movies that are streaming and, like... Any movie that's from a streaming service that wants to be considered for an Oscar has to exhibit their movie in a theater in order to be considered. So there's been like this whole debate, this like sort of purity test debate of like what's considered real cinema and, you know, what can be considered for an Oscar and are streaming service movies that never see a movie theater, are they considered real movies and all these things. So uh, coronavirus has just forced the hand of that debate. Uh, so this, it was recently announced, uh, by the Oscars that they will, uh, that streaming movies will be all eligible for Oscars, uh, for the foreseeable future, not permanently, but for the, for the time being, uh, streaming movies are now eligible for Oscars. And the reason for that is because as the, as time moves forward and the uncertainty of, movie theaters reopening continues uh they kind of have to like what do you like yeah what what's you, there gonna be yeah and, it, and it's funny to me because similar to the movie theater situation like so so basically like what i was talking about my argument about movie theaters that we were just saying um that they're saying this now amc is saying this now but later on down the line when fast nine comes out i think that they're going to backpedal and i think that they're going to be like we want that um we're seeing that happen now with this. And it's very funny to me because the Oscars have held strong to this idea that a movie theater, a movie needs to be played in a theater to be considered for an Oscar. And they've, they've held that purist standpoint and they've, you know, turned up their noses at streaming services and the movies that they produce. And they've said, no, your movie will not be considered unless it's been played in a theater. Um, and now that 
the pandemic has, has is happening and and there's been this nationwide shutdown and movie theaters aren't open now the oscars are basically being like wait a minute if we don't consider streaming movies for oscars then we can't have Oscars. We don't have we won't anything. We will have a show. Uh, we won't have a show to do. Uh, oh, yes, 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 yes. You're fine. Yeah. You're fine. Streaming. It, so this is sort of like, this is like the, the thing happening, the payoff happening, where the organization is backpedaling on their previous stance because their hand is forced, because they're being existentially challenged by it. Mm-hmm. This is, I think, what's going to happen later on down the line with movie theaters or with AMC, where the Oscars are like, Never mind. Yeah, forget you, we said that. Yeah, uh, because if they don't if if they don't allow streaming service uh, streaming only movies to be considered for Oscars, they don't have a show anymore now. Yeah, which is which is funny. Uh, uh, it, it seems it seems a little early for them to make to make that choice because for the most part, movies that are uh, nominated for Oscars and things like that don't come out until like September. So. They're, they're probably just thinking that there are going to be those strays that come out from now to uh, August or so, um, you know, movies that have typically those kind of movies that get nominated are for like like technical things like sound or 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 editing or something like that. Um, but I guess it makes sense. Uh, but it does feel a little early for them to make that uh, to make to make that choice. But yeah, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, to get into some lighter news, um, uh, listeners beware, you're in for a scare. Blah, 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 blah. Um, Goosebump, a Goosebumps live action TV series is in the works. Um, a live action television series based on the incredibly popular Goosebumps book series is officially in the works. It was revealed today. Uh, Goosebumps movie producer Neil H. Moritz and Sony Pictures Television are teaming up with Scholastic Entertainment in order to develop to, to develop the series. It's currently unclear how involved author R.L. Stein will be in the series, or what it means for any potential movie sequel. Um, yeah, so they so they are they're making a uh, a Goosebumps show. Uh, it's in development. Obviously, we really don't know when this will come to fruition or go into production considering the current circumstances but it's in development and uh it's coming from the team that basically produced the movies the 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 movies that came out uh i think in 2015 the first one came out and then the second one came out a couple years or maybe last year it came out i forget exactly were they both jack black yeah they're uh, in the movies jack black plays rl stein okay did um, you see him i saw the first one I, I, ha- I still haven't seen the second one. I thought this first one was really good. Um, and, I, you know, I, I loved Goosebumps when I was a kid. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've showed you guys before. I, I dug up my Goosebumps collection from my parents' garage. I brought it into the office. I have pretty much every book in the series. Uh, I even have, like, five copies of certain books for some reason. Um, <clears throat> and, uh, and uh, yeah, I thought the movies were, were, were good. Uh, and I, I loved the show. The show is very cheesy. It's it's kind of like so bad it's good. Uh, but I still, I loved it a lot when I was a kid. And when they put it on Netflix, I rewatched it with my friends. And I loved it all over again for completely different reasons. Because it's so weird and cheesy. 
Um, <clears throat> but yeah, they're coming out with a new show, new live action series. The first show was like a anthology sh- series where every episode was just a different story that was based off of the books and even some original stories. That's um, right. And that's what this new show will be as well, probably. Um, but it could also, I mean, it could also go the other way. There's no details on what the show actually is, but it could go the other way because the movies are basically completely different. Mm-hmm. The movies are not like, here's one of the books developed into a full movie. The movies are like these meta, uh, it's this like meta story where it's about the real world that we live in and where R.L. Stein is an author who wrote the books, but he has a dark secret that he has this special power. So that, so that the author of the books, R.L. Stein is a character in the movie mm-hmm. and he's played by Jack Black, but he has a dark secret that he has this special power where he can bring things into reality by imagining them. So all of the books that he's written are he's created he's brought the characters into the world and then he's trapped them inside of the books and then in the first movie uh the main character the kid he like releases them all so all of the all of the goosebumps book characters from the books get released into the real world and they have to stop them and and put them back in the books i don't know what the second one is about it's probably something similar uh but yeah it could the show could be Based on that, I don't know. Yeah. I would kind of more hope for it being the anthology series because I love anthology series. Uh, but the other, way, the other way could be cool too. And there's so many stories they, they could have. It's like endless supply of content. Yeah. Yeah, if they could make it something, something, something like uh, <coughs> American Horror Story, I would like that. Uh, where it has some kind of like creepier... Um, somewhat more serious undertone that would be cool. But if it's just yeah. like goofy, like the '90s or the, was it early 2000 or '90s show? It was '90s. Uh, it was like yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember watching that and be like, "This is cool for what it is." But nah. young Kelby throwing shade <laughs> yeah. on it even back yeah. then. Yeah, yeah. I was just like, I'll watch it, but today is a di- today's a different today's a different beast. You you even see uh you know when we watched the uh, Saved by the Bell thing, it, you know it's modernized for what we expect today. You know, so yeah, yeah. I would I would like to w- see something like that where they take a, a twist on it and, and they make it something that you know we wouldn't we really wouldn't expect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty, I'd, I'd love to see that coming out. I mean, I would definitely, I would definitely watch it with my son and, uh, that the prospect of that is pretty exciting. Not if Um, Lady Lady Gaga is doing a whole season. I don't know about that. (laughs) Lady Gaga on Goosebumps? (laughs) Oh yeah, yeah. She's, she. Yeah, she's American Horror Story. Every season, they just have the same, they just have all the same actors from American Horror Story. I love that angle. Um... Really quick story. There's not a lot of details to it, but I just thought it was amusing. Uh, so they're using Tom Hanks' blood to develop a coronavirus vaccine. Goddamn right they are. They would do it even if he didn't have the corona because Tom yeah. Hanks' blood is sacred milk. Yes. Just, mm, 
<laughs> slurp it up. He doesn't. They don't even have to make a an act, a vaccine out of it. You just drink Tom no. Hanks's blood, and you'll just be cured of anything. Yeah, you'll be happy. That's not the vibe. That's not the vibe, man. They should have used Idris. The, Wait, she, she used who's? Idris Elba. Oh. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah, <laughs> he they had should the do Ronies that too. too. Why not? What's the I problem? I forgot that he had that. I mean, I, they could they could literally use anybody's blood. I think this was more of a kind of fun, nerdy publicity stunt. Because all, mm-hmm. all all they have to they just have to find somebody who has contracted coronavirus and then um, recovered from it. They have antibodies in their in their bloodstream. They have they've create so they've basically created a, a an immunity to it. Not an immunity where they can't get it again, but they've create they, their DNA has created. Um, has created antibodies that can fight coronavirus. So they basically cloned little soldiers that know how to fight that specific virus. Uh, they have, you know, your blood has all these soldiers, but whenever coronavirus comes in, the soldiers are like, "I don't know how to fucking fight this guy. Mm-hmm. Look at that right. dude. He's got like he's got like a million little things coming out of his head. I don't know what to do with that. The fuck is that a shit? Mi- I got this. I got this sword." I can like I can kill like I can kill like this you know this this fucking uh if you get like if you get like a cut I can stop that but like I don't know I don't even know what to do with this shit um That's what and then your body's like these guys are useless we got to train new soldiers so they start cloning and training all these little soldiers and these little soldiers are like listen I got you, fam. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I got these guys. I got their number. I understand the little weird things on their heads. I know exactly what to do. Mm. And so now your body's got all these little guys in you. And so scientists will then take those guys and be like, all right, so we're going to take these dudes and we're going to create our own uh, manufactured um, serum that replicates what these guys are able to do. And uh, you could do that with literally anybody. Anybody who's gotten the uh, the virus and recovered from it, you could take their antibodies and develop a, uh, a vaccine. But I think that they just chose Tom Hanks because it's just a fun thought. He's it is, but the way you describe it, that feels like something Idris should do. Yeah, yeah 100%. Speaking, you speaking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Now, I see it now. I see it now. Let me hit you with the co- let me hit you with the caveats. Hit me with Kel- some caveats. Kelby. Uh I 100% doing it with Idris Elba, totally agree. But if you had the choice between the two, does this change your opinion at all that Tom Hanks is a direct descendant of Abraham Lincoln? Damn. I am and That's born, a fact. Me that's and a fact. Abe- me and Abe, um, we got. This He's got Abraham birthday. Lincoln's blood coursing through his veins. So this would yeah. not only be this would not only be a vaccine developed from Tom Hanks's blood, mm-hmm. but it would be a vaccine developed from Abraham Lincoln's blood. Right, right, no, right. Um, so I I have a special connection to Abe Lincoln. You know, we have the same birthday. Um, he freed a lot of people that look like me. Um, so. I think that I don't know. I don't know how he's related to Abraham Lincoln because all his kids died. Um, so, um, 
No, I probably still would go with Idris. Yeah, you know I mean, it's sexier with Idris. Yeah, it's sexier. Yeah, it's a little. Yeah, because I I would love to I would love to have Idris blood in me. You know, that's something. Oh, uh, who wouldn't? Oh my God! Yeah. Goodness gracious, Tom. Like Tom, cool though. You know, like if I didn't have an option, I'd be like, all right, cool. I got Tom. Yeah. Know? Yeah. But now nah, I got options, so. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Need that Idris Elba blood. Yeah. Another I mean, another like, actor who is who is related to Abraham Lincoln, uh Casper Van Dien from Starship Troopers. Seriously, that dude? Yeah. That That's dude. <laughs> that hysterical. dude. <laughs> wow. Um so Eddie Murphy is going to be returning to stand-up comedy early in the name of charity. Uh we talked about this several episodes ago that Eddie Murphy basically said uh after they do Coming to America 2, which at the time they were shooting, uh, he was going to do Beverly Hills Cop 5. And then he was going to do a stand-up special. And then he was going to retire. So he had this stand-up special that was planned that was going to... It's coming to Netflix. He's going to do a Netflix show, um, a Netflix special. Uh, and that was going to be just it. He was going to do the one thing, and that was going to be it. He was going to do, obviously, some shows leading up to it because stand-ups, they need to go out and they need to practice. They can't just do a stand-up special out of nowhere. Um, but he was going to do that little circuit, and then he was going to be done. But uh, he's he uh, there is a, a uh, charity event, a live stream charity event uh, from Byron Allen. Goddamn right, Byron Allen. Love that called, dude. Called Feeding America Comedy Festival. Mm. Uh, Adam Sandler, Chris Rock, Kevin Hart, Tef- Tiffany Haddish, and Billy Crystal are also a part of the star-studded lineup for the festival, um, which Allen put together via, via his entertainment studios. Uh, Funny or Die is co-producing the charity event, which will raise money for Feeding America. Uh, the three-hour event... And, and so Eddie Murphy is going to do this show as well. Um, and much earlier, uh, than he, you know, planned to return to the stand-up game. And also, uh, you know, he basically made it very clear that he was going to just do this one special and that was going to be the one thing he did and that was going to be it. But now, you know, he'll have this thing sort of on the records as well. Uh, the three hour event won't air on a major network or streaming service. However, instead it will be live streamed on Allen Media Group's uh, television network comedy.tv and the weather channel as well as on the free streaming service app local now on Saturday May 9th Dope. Um, viewers will be encouraged to donate to Feeding America at www.feedingamerica.org I love that it's on the weather channel so if I you want to check it. out if you want to check out Eddie Murphy's triumphant return to stand up comedy after leaving the game decades ago completely disappearing from the game. Tune into the Weather Channel. Love it. This May 9th. That's genius. I, I love Byron Allen. That dude, I mean, it's weird because so I grew weird. up with Byron Allen because he was the host of this show called uh, Real People, which was basically like a precursor to reality shows of like, here's weird things that people do in their everyday lives. And he was one of like five hosts on it. Mm-hmm. And he was like the young guy on it. So he was the young, cool guy. 
the fact that he's just this huge successful has his own media empire yeah. is fascinating it's, it's unbelievable i love it and the he's, fact that it's gonna be on the weather channel do it yeah. billionaire and because yeah. i mean like he was like a working stand-up back in like the early 80s and even i was like as a young kid i was like he's not that funny but man to turn it into about billionaire good yeah. at him yeah good at him Weather and, Channel, and, and he does nice things for people. Yeah, he's a like, good dude. He paid, yeah, he paid for all those kids graduating college. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's nuts. It's nuts. But I will. I've never seen the Weather Channel. I've, I I know we have it. I'm gonna I'm gonna watch the Weather Channel for the first. Well, it's, it's smart because so many people watch the Weather Channel. Mm-hmm. And for, yeah, the, and he they're you it, know they're they're old they're older people who, you know, like Billy Crystal and. Uh, who else was it? Uh, uh, yeah, like like the 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 Chris the, the, the talent the talent you know spans generations that they're having on the show. So there's some there's somebody yeah. for everybody. You've got you know you've got uh you know the 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 classic '80s guys. So you have you have the Billy Crystals and the and the uh, and you know kind of Chris Rock. He he sort of played in both yeah eras. But you, you know you have Billy Crystal, you have Kevin, uh, uh, you have Eddie Murphy, you have Chris Rock for the like old school like '80s brick wall people, and then you have the '90s uh, people, Adam Sandler, also Chris Rock, um, and then you have the more recent uh, stand-ups for younger people, Kevin Hart, Tiffany Haddish, uh, so on and so forth. So you've got like somebody for everybody. You're playing it on this channel that like a bunch of old people watch, so you have all this huge audience of like older people like boomers i guess uh and then you have it on the other streaming service for the younger people so the gen xers and then the millennials who are going to want to watch it for the younger people mm-hmm. you know it's going to be available on you know this website that you can go to so yeah it's just it's just covering a lot of bases definitely uh yeah it's a very interesting strange but delightful yeah. story wonderful uh the director of Toy Story 4 has been hired to direct an animated Transformers prequel movie. Uh, Paramount Pictures and Hasbro have tapped uh, Toy Story 4 director Josh Cooley, um, who earlier this year won uh, the Best Animated Film Oscar for the sequel, uh, to direct an animated Transformers prequel movie. Though the film is described as a prequel, it will be separate from the live-action movies the studio also produces. Uh, Deadline reports that the film has more or less begun production. Thanks to work being done remotely, an advantage it has over the live-action side of the franchise. Um, Screenwriters Andrew Barr and Gabriel uh, Ferrari, who previously worked on Ant-Man and the Wasp for Marvel Studios, penned the script for the film, having previously been involved in the writer's room that Paramount set up as a means of exploring the Transformers franchise. Uh, so yeah, so we're getting an animated Transformers prequel movie, um, which is pretty cool because you know I I like the Transformers a lot, but I like the actual Transformers a lot. I hate the Michael Bay Transformers movies. Uh, I mean, I yeah, I just just pure unadulterated garbage, um, especially the later ones. Like the first one was not good, but it was something. You could maybe say you liked mm. the. They, they just got progressively worse and worse. Um, but I love the the Transformers movie, the animated movie from the eighties. 
you know, oh, yeah, where, yeah. where number one, it was the final film of Orson Welles who voiced yep. Uni- Unicron, the the main right. bad guy of it. And it also produced the, the hit song, uh, um, uh, I got the power. Why? Uh, oh, 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 wait, hang on. How does the song go? I'm, I, I blanked on the, on the song. Oh, you got the touch. You got That's the from- power. Isn't that from Boogie Nights? It's from the, in Boogie Nights. Uh, Dirk Diggler sings it, but that song came from the Transformers movie soundtrack. That's what that movie. That's what that song came from. I'm just trying, uh, trying to find it. Uh, the the song. I'm pretty sure the song is called "You Got the Touch." By the way, I love Boogie Nights. It's one of my top five movies. Um, oh, it's just called "The Touch." Yeah, Boogie Nights is great. Uh, the, is great. the song's called The Touch. You got the touch. Okay. Um, I really don't understand why you don't like the uh, the first Michael Bay Transformers. It's so good. It's terrible. Uh, the Touch is a rock song by American singer and guitarist Stan Bush. The song features prominently in the 1986 animated film The, Tra- uh, the Transformers The Movie and appears on the soundtrack album released this year. Um, and, then, and then, yeah, in, in Boogie Nights... He uh, that was one of the songs that he was like recording in yes. the recording studio. That's so funny. All this time I thought it was like a, like an Dirk original Dick. song I it was a made Dirk up Dick for Dirk. the movie because they did the He Will Rock You one. That yeah, that like, that one's definitely made up. That was that yeah. one's just that one's just John C. Riley and Mar- and uh, Mark. I almost said Mark Hamill. Uh, uh, Mark <laughs> Wahlberg just they're just improvising. Yeah. Uh, but the touch is a real song. That's. That's genius. I'm so happy I learned that today. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, they're gonna. So that's exciting to me because this is kind of like you know in the lineage of that. It's like an animated Transformers theatrical movie, which they haven't made in a long time. Uh, so I, you know, I'll definitely be interested in seeing. I wonder this. if they get some big name voices for it. Definitely. I mean, what, what is what is anybody doing? Right, they could There's get people. they could get Obama to be a voice on this. <laughs> Obama would be like, "Hey, you know, I got time. I'm not doing anything. It's, I'll do a day. I'll do a day." The uh, the Decepticons are uh, you know a scourge on the universe, and uh, they believe in destruction. Destruction and uh, the Autobots. Uh, we believe in the light of good, and we are going to uh, we're going to get the Allspark, and we're going to destroy the uh, <laughs> the scourge of the Decepticons throughout the universe. Don't need Obama. We got you. I mean, that's what I said back in 2008, but nobody listened. No one. No one. <clears throat> um. So, Disneyland, Disneyland, and other theme parks are expected to stay closed until 2021. Um, wow. Yeah. So I. So you know, you know about this one. You don't know about this one. Oh, well, because you because you have the inside scoop. I don't have inside scoop. I your insider no trading. But, that's what that that's what that means, right? <laughs> Why are you putting him on blast? No, you read it, but like, no one has said anything. A banking industry person said it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's 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 sort of the that's the little the cov. That's, yeah, that's that's the it's hit. The big that's, cov. That's the it's hit of the cov for the story. Is yeah. this is based on a one of the big financiers for Disney saying this during a. Um, 
a, a, a finance call yeah with their with their clients um that they basically expected that Disneyland would be closed until January yeah um it could be totally off I know my my wife pointed out because I told her this and she pointed out that their Disneyland is taking reservations for June still on their website yeah. well Disney World itself is like making plans like okay how are we gonna do this at 50 percent capacity <laughs> uh, and that happening to do that very soon so there's plans there's nothing said certainly yeah. this didn't come from any form from disney i just love that it's from some swiss banking giant that is yeah. stating this yeah so we'll hey, see re- relax but I, he's a good guy is your guy's he good do you like him no, he's, a, no, he's a good dude i like him he's a good dude okay <laughs> good give me his number maybe it will we'll hook up and no 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 relax. do some like junk bonds it sounds like you want to do a little bit more than talking kurt <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I mean, it remains to be seen how accurate this is until Disney makes an actual statement. Um, yeah. But uh, you know, it would it would make sense if they announced that. Not necessarily that they really would be closed until January, but a lot of places, a lot of companies are, uh, a lot of companies are way overshooting their their estimations of how long they're going to be closed just in case. And, and, yeah. and basically if they keep stringing people along and being like, uh, we'll reopen in, uh, in, in at the end of March. And then at the end of March, it's like, we're extending that till the end of April. And then at the end of April, we're extending that to the end, you know, the, the, rather than just stringing people along, they'll just say like, we're just gonna be closed until the end of the year. And if we reopen earlier, it'll just be a pleasant surprise. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it could happen. It could very well, like, they'll be like, no, January, we can't do it. But um, what, is this? what do the Swiss know besides chocolate? That's that's the only thing. It's the one <laughs> thing that the, they know. And cheese. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Can't forget, can't forget about cheese. Can't forget about cheese, man. Oh, um, good stuff. Every day, every time I'm in the subway, it's like, hit me with that Swiss. What? Hit Where's me that with the, from? Hit me with the Swiss. Stuff. It's, it's from my. It's from my life, Kirk. In Subway, ordering my sandwich, ordering my order, ordering oh. my footlong. Hit me with the Swiss. <laughs> Damn. I thought you were referencing a song. No. Hit me with the Swiss in the Subway. Got those Gary V K Swiss on my feet. Damn. <laughs> Uh yeah, so we'll, we'll see. They they yeah. they they also speculate that Universal Studios, uh, Hollywood and Orlando might be uh closed throughout the year as well. But we'll we'll see. Yeah. Uh, and on that note, we're gonna take a quick break, and when we come back, we're gonna do our regular segment. Can you go for that? Uh, Wait, Andrew, you want to do your thing? Yes, thank you. After these messages, we'll be right back. And we're back. And uh, now we're going to do our regular segment where we talk about rumors and unsubstantiated stories going on in the world of nostalgia and give our opinions on whatever we think, whether we think it's a good idea or not. That segment is called... Can you go for that? Oh, oh, oh. Oh, 
can you, oh can you go for that, oh 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 can you, oh can you go for that, oh 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 can you, oh can you go for that, can you go for that, can you go for that Did you miss Tyler on that? I did, I, I, I definitely missed uh, an off-beat, distracting, <laughs> like, noise in my ear, like, constantly threatening to throw me off. You just summed up Tyler's existence. Yeah, that's just that's just him as a person. Um, <laughs> yeah, I gotta fight. Yeah, I gotta fight. Yeah. <laughs> Send Theo. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, so we have a couple stories here. Um, and like I mentioned on the last episode, uh, when we have the stories to talk about, we'll talk about them whenever there's no stories because obviously, you know, announcements of new things or rumors is probably going to, you know, it's going to be slower in general. Uh, while you know, while things are shut down, so when we don't have any stories to talk about, we're gonna do our own. Can you go for that? And we're gonna pitch mm-hmm. each other ideas, um, and we're gonna give we're gonna we're gonna give our opinions on whether we think the ideas are good or not. We did it last week. I think it was a rousing success. Yeah, I think uh, we've already got Kirk's cop. What, what, what was it? Cop bar. We got we we already got Kirk's, Kirk's cop bar idea greenlit. By, yeah. by uh, CBS. Yeah. We got to get all cut. We got to get all cut. <laughs> yeah. Hey, is Lou back? Nah. <laughs> um, anger, Andrew. No, never. <laughs> um, so, the first story. So, Sebastian Stan, who uh, you might all know as uh, Bucky from the Marvel films, um, he wants to play Dracula in... Uh, in a Bloomhouse Universal Monster movie, uh, Marvel movie, uh, blah 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 blah. Uh, he he's lobbying to, to to next take on the role of one of history's most iconic villains, as the actor has offered to play Count Dracula in the Vampire's upcoming movie from Bloomhouse. Um, starting with Lean Wanell's take on the Invisible Man this year, Bloomhouse has taken the reins of Universal's movie monsters with plans to reboot each of the classic villains with all new movies. As the Invisible Man turned out to be a big success. The studio is moving forward with its other projects, which includes hiring Karen Kusama to direct a new Dracula movie. Uh, speaking with The Hollywood Reporter this week, Stan revealed he's already let Kusama know he's available, but it also appears production delays in Hollywood could delay the casting process. Uh, he said, I already emailed about her. I s- emailed her about that. I said, you know, I'm from R- Romania, right? And she goes, yes, yes, it's very early, and there's a freeze on movie productions right now. Hopefully we'll see you in four years. Four years. So, <coughs> so uh, Sebastian Stan is as Dracula. I can go for that. Sure. It it took me a second because I didn't remember who Sebastian Stan was, but when she said Bucky, I was like, oh yeah, I can see it. He's got a he's got a look. He's got a uh, he's got a vent. He can pull off a vampire look. So. Sure. Why not? I mean, I don't know what else he's been in besides Bucky, but I like him as Bucky. So I kind of, I kind of forget. I'm not like a huge. I'm not a huge Sebastian Stan Stan. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I kind of, I kind of forget the stuff he's been in. I've definitely seen him in other things. I definitely knew of him and had seen him in things before, before he was Bucky. Yeah. Uh, just I have vaguely. No idea. Uh. But I don't. I, I kind of just. I'm drawing a blank. 
He's not anything but, like big that I'm just like, yeah, he's this or whatever. But for a Bloomhouse movie, like on that level, totally. I, I can go for that. Yeah, I mean, I still haven't seen The Invisible Man. I still want to see it. But from all from all I've heard, it's great. And, you know, I love Lee Whannell. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I have high expectations for it. I just haven't gotten around to seeing it. Interesting. Um, he's in some movies that I've seen and had no clue that he was in. <laughs> um, yeah, I could definitely go for that. He he has uh, he has the look and uh, he's a, he's a he's a good actor uh, based off of his performance in uh, the Captain America and Avengers movies. Uh, and he does he has the right look for it. So yeah. Yeah, I mean, I can go for that as well. Um, I, you know, I, the 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 key the, the the key tenant for, I mean, there's a lot of different depictions of Dracula in pop culture. I mean, the one that the one that's like most iconic, obviously, is uh, Bela Lugosi as well. There's there's mm-hmm. two there's two uh, of the most iconic depictions of Dracula. There's there's Bela Lugosi as Dracula from the original. Um, 1930s uh, Universal Dracula movies, and then there is uh, kind of as a secondary. Uh, um, there is the 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 visual of the uh, Nosferatu, which isn't even technically Dracula, because they basically wanted to make a Dracula movie, but they couldn't get the rights to it, so they just made a Dracula-like movie, um, where they just changed the name. Uh, but it's it's Dracula, and that's the one that's like the just the more like kind of ugly, monstrous mm-hmm. looking Dracula, and the 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 Bela Lugosi Dracula is you know th- those movies are great, but they're you know they're they're not necessarily accurate to the book or what you know the act you know what Dracula really was supposed to be. Um, and then in the '90s, you had you had uh, you had the uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula um, with Gary Oldman, and that was going for trying to be more like what Dracula really was in the book, which was he starts out as this ugly, ancient-looking, disgusting thing, and then slowly, as he s- feeds off of the uh, off of the youth and uh, the life energy of uh, of um, Jonathan Harker, he gets younger and more handsome. Um, and uh, there, there's a there's recently uh, been another adaptation of Dracula, which we talked about on the podcast. We watched the trailer for it. It was a it was a BBC. Um, adaptation of Dracula the one right. the one the one where Tyler got weirdly like angry about the fact that like because the people who made it also made Sherlock and I liked Sherlock that I would also automatically like this and he just uh, got weird he got weirdly argumentative right. about it this is why um, we miss Tyler uh so there was that one and they and they they once again uh went for the more kind of accurate depiction of of Dracula, where he just starts out as this ugly, de- decrepit creature, and then as he feeds off of Jonathan Harker, he be- he gets younger and more handsome and more charming. Um, so that's pretty much, you know, that's pretty much what Dracula is. If you really want to go for, uh, you know, the, an accurate Dracula, 
you get somebody who's just very classically handsome, very charming, very charismatic. And then you, you know, you depict them as, you know, you use makeup and, and prosthetics to make them up into this ugly creature that slowly gets younger and more handsome as time goes on. Um, and I think that I think that Sebastian Stan could totally pull that off. He's got the look, I think. He does have the look. Great. Um, I don't necessarily think he has the uh, the Bella Lugosi Dracula look to him. Uh, but by all accounts, I feel like this Bloomhouse adaptation of it is going to be like a more realistic approach to it. Uh, so I totally see Sebastian Stan fitting in in that sort of paradigm. Yeah. Uh, and then our second story, uh, Marvel may do an R-rated Punisher movie with John Bernthal. Uh, there's been a lot of talk about Daredevil hopefully, hopefully coming back to the MCU following Netflix clearing house of its Marvel content um, due to him being a good fit for the franchise. The Punisher, meanwhile, is not a character you could easily drop into, say, a Marvel's or an Avengers movie and have him team up with Rocket and Groot. Instead, the studio would have to be willing to commit to keep the mature tone of the series to make sure it works. Uh, thankfully, we're here. We're hearing that's exactly what they're planning on doing. Sources say that John Bernthal's Punisher may get his own R-rated film. Uh, the studio is currently considering the option, given that they're already ha uh, beginning to make R-rated movies in the form of Deadpool three and Blade. So, a feature-length R-rated Punisher movie, <coughs> technically in the MCU, but sort of separate from it, with John Bernthal returning as the Punisher. I I wish there was something more than I can go for that. Because I can go for that way hard. Um, I like John uh, Bernthal. I like him as an actor uh, in what he does, which is what he, the stuff he does is all like badass Punisher thing. And that's all he's ever really you've seen him do. And he's great at it. And uh, I watched The Punisher on Netflix. Uh, I liked the first season. Second season was a little boring, but it had like the best first episode I'd ever seen of just raw, brutal fighting. It was great. So if they're going to yeah. just be like John Bern Bernthal kicking ass for 90 minutes, sign me up. I will be there. I can't go for that. That's an interesting one. Uh I can go for that, but I think it'll be weird for the brand. I think it would be. I think it would be weird for for Marvel in general, because um, I, I guess maybe it's because we never really seen them uh, um, niche their movies. You know, they try to make things for 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 people thirteen and up or so. So uh, I guess this would be a first uh, a first attempt at at seeing if. Um, if they got those kind of chops, if they got uh, 18 and up skills. So, yeah, sure. <laughs> um, it's hard for me to say one way or the other. I, I you know, I kind of, I kind of want to say I can't go for that. But, you know, my, my I can't go for that is not because I think that that's, a bad idea or because I don't like him as the Punisher or anything like that. Uh, my is so number one, 
I never really watched any of these shows, so I didn't watch The Punisher on Netflix. I only watched like two or three episodes of De- of uh, of Daredevil, um, so I never even I never even saw uh, this version of The Punisher. Um, I've seen a clip from the movie. I think I've seen like the clip that you're referring to, Kirk. I saw some like really brutal. Oh, fight from the scene. show. Yeah, yeah, like the fight scenes are way brutal, and and John Bernthal is like really good at fight scenes. He's, yes. he's really good at being angry and beating up people. Yeah, I, I've seen I've seen the other Punisher movies. I've seen I've seen the Punisher with Thomas Jane, and I've seen that, that uh, one. Yeah, I've seen Punisher Warzone. Uh, Is that and, Dolph Lundgren? No, it's uh, that. I mean, yeah, you know, I have yeah, I've seen that version of the Punisher as well, the okay. '80s Punisher with Dolph Lundgren. Uh, but. Uh, Punisher Warzone was like a, a movie that came out after the Thomas Shane one that had um, it was kind of like a weird like kind of sequel but like kind of not sequel and uh, uh, I'm forgetting his name um, uh, Ray Stevenson was the Punisher oh okay uh, he, he was Frank Castle uh, so uh I've seen those movies. I didn't see this. I've seen clips from it. I like John Bernthal as an actor, uh, even though I really haven't. There's not a whole lot that it, with him in it that I really love or care for. Uh, I thought he was. I thought he was great in Wolf of Wall Street. Um, yeah. I didn't. I, I've never liked The Walking Dead. Uh, I've seen him in other things here and there. He's not like my favorite standout actor of all time, but I think he's good. Um, yeah. However. I mean, number one, I haven't seen them, so I can't really give much of an opinion on whether I want the sh- a movie version to exist. But number two, I just don't really like or care about The Punisher that much. I, I The Punisher yeah. is just another kind of overrated comic book character mm-hmm. that kind of is has this weird fandom of people because he's like one of the more edgy characters, but by far not very interesting to me yeah. mm. so uh, did, i don't know i i can't go for that mm. did, a soft did we, uh, I, a soft i can't go for that did, right. we, did we talk about we the name is super familiar so i'm guessing we did talk about it adam schlesinger schlesinger we did we talked about it okay two episodes ago okay the only reason why i'm bringing it up is because as i was looking up john berthall so i can get like a clear look at his face i realized that they're cousins really mm-hmm. what that's insane wow. mm-hmm. yeah i mean he 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 passed away we talked about it that's it yeah mm-hmm. uh that's insane mm-hmm. wow that's nuts yeah Small well there world. you go Small the more scene. you know <laughs> um yeah so that so that's it that has been another uh another Rendition of Can you go for that? Oh, 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 can you? Oh, can you go for that? Oh, 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 can you? Oh, can you go for that? Oh, 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 can you? Oh, can you go for that? Can you go for that? Can you go for that? Quarantine edition. No, this isn't quarantine edition. This is regular edition. Forget what I said. Oh. Quarantine edition this is, is not regular times? Yeah. Quarantine edition is when we're pitching. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. I get it. 
um, I mean, this whole this whole it's confusing. It's 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 conflicting branding because this is the quarantine edition of Nostalgia Cast. Yes. But then within that, the Can You Go for That, where we pitch ideas, is the quarantine edition of Can You Go for That. But then the one where we're just talking about rumors is the regular edition of Can You Go for This. It's 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 a mess. I get it. <laughs> kind of like what we're living in now. Yes. Uh, last couple stories before we wrap up. Uh, first one, so um, kids in Japan are getting free Super Nintendos. Um, the uh, Japan Retro Gaming Association is giving away 100 free Super Nintendos, or Super Famicoms, as they're called in Japan, uh, to children of Japan to encourage them to stay inside. So they have this this sort of thing that they're doing where they they have they have a hundred uh, Super Nintendos, actual Super Nintendos, not like a like a Super Nintendo Classic or some like newer machine. These are like actual real Super Famicoms from the '90s, and they're giving them away to a hundred kids um, as part of a promotion to encourage kids to stay inside. Huh. I mean, uh, yeah, and yes. no. it's just now I mean, it's now hit, it's now hitting me how bizarre and surreal this whole thing is, because yeah, for decades and decades, you know, the thing that people are always the the campaigns that organizations are always running is encouraging kids to go outside uh, throughout throughout my childhood in the 90s throughout the 2000s people are always running these campaigns and these and these advertising campaigns of like encouraging kids to go outside and play outside and play with yeah. other friends kids and play baseball and don't just sit inside and play video games all day and now these these organizations are like stay inside don't go outside it's crazy it's just it's very just, surreal just play video games play all the video games just don't go outside that's yeah. very I mean, weird it's so Yesterday, I, I went to Target and um, they had a board outside that said we are sold out of hand sanitizer, Lysol and Nintendo Switch. And I was like, what a weird, <laughs> what a weird list. But OK, I didn't come here for wow. any of that. Um, so, so, yeah, strange. I guess like, oh, I was going to I was going to buy like five switches. Yeah. Well, they were sold out of jump ropes, too. So. I guess uh, people are finding out different ways to shed them pounds. Have you, by the I way, did any uh, yeah. the, the quarantine fifteen? No, I've 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 lost a little weight, not significant amount, but I've lost a little weight um, because my my wife and I regularly exercise. We do we do we do body project. Ooh, that uh, sounds naughty. Yeah, that, which yeah, is some ran, which is some random uh, exercise routine thing that we found or that she found on uh youtube that's just some some british guy yelling at you sick <laughs> um but i haven't i haven't lost like a significant amount of weight like i'm not like oh yeah i'm like the pounds are flying off i just i've lost a couple pounds mostly i would say it's negligible I've, i feel like i've just stayed around the same the same weight i know kirk, i didn't even i ain't even gonna ask kirk because i know kirk be working out four times a day <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah, I haven't changed it. Nothing's really changed. Yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah, I, yeah. P, the, people are people are buying 
They're buying a lot of hand sanitizer. What were the things you said that the sign said they were out of? It said Lysol, hand sanitizer, and the Nintendo Switches. Yeah, so the, they're out of the Lysol, the hand sanitizer, because people were obsessed with cleaning. They're out of Nintendo Switches because people are buying those to stay inside and play. And then they're out of the jump ropes because people, everyone's hanging themselves. <laughs> um, this last story. Thank you. Uh, Kirk is slow clapping me with the, with the Skype emojis. That was uh, a good one. It's the last story. And my favorite story, maybe my favorite story in the whole history of this show. I it, love it so much. Yeah, this is pretty great. <laughs> um, a a new book from a fa- uh, from a celebrity photographer uh, is says that uh, recounts a story uh, where Eddie Van Halen once put a gun to. Limp Biscuit frontman Fred Durst's head. So, so bizarre. A friendly jam session between Eddie Van Halen and Limp Biscuit reportedly wound up with the guitar icon putting a gun to Fred Durst's head in 2001. Uh, oh, and he's not a vi- he's not a photographer. He's a video director. Um, in his new photo photo book, Eruption in the Canyon, 212 Days and Nights with the Genius of Eddie Van Halen. Andrew Bennett presents pictures and anecdotes from the period he spent filming Van Halen at work in their studio between 2004 and 2007. Um, the incident with Durst allegedly took place after guitarist Wes Borland has, had quit Limp Bizkit and the band held auditions to find a replacement. Durst and Eddie Van Halen were introduced at a party where a record label executive suggested they work together. Bennett said Durst responded, That would be hilarious. The greatest guitar player ever plays with the worst band ever. Um, and if you if you remember back in the day, that was kind of Limp Biscuit's whole thing. Their whole like vibe was that they just said they talked about how they were the worst band, and their their official merchandise said like Limp Biscuit sucks and all this stuff, um, which was obviously built out out of a profound level of insecurity. Uh, but you know they played it off like uh, this sort of like charming aloofness of like acknowledging that they sucked um uh uh but van halen responded with uh screw it let's jam the uh the session went ahead at a house in beverly hills but van halen who's not a fan of weed left abruptly after people began smoking it leaving guitars amps and other equipment behind Bennett said afterward, the guitarist described the jam as like being a scholar amongst kindergartners. Um, which, as a side note, uh, as funny as the story is and is maybe as validated or vindicated as Van Halen might have been, uh, noto- not only does that sound like a super snobby thing to say, but notoriously, Eddie Van Halen is sort of known as kind of being an asshole uh, behind the scenes. Oh, 100%. Like yeah. the whole thing about the David Lee Roth leaving the band originally you thought, Oh, it's cause David's crazy and he's, he's just a jerk. And it's like, no, it's because he couldn't stand being with Van Halen. You couldn't stand being with Eddie Van Halen cause Eddie Van Halen's yeah. an asshole. Yeah. He's just, he's one of the music industry's just most notorious, like behind the scenes, uh, douchebags. Uh, but he's a great guitarist and I'm sure you don't agree with this Kirk, but I love Van Halen. Uh, I love Van Halen. You do? Yeah. You're Okay. Okay. Your thing I contain about, multitudes. No, your th- that's fine. If you contain multitudes, 
God bless you. But your mm-hmm. thing about how you don't like guitar music or classic rock doesn't exist. <laughs> there are well, so there are so many exceptions to it that it's not even a thing. No, because I only really like the hits. Um, and uh, the majority of classic rock I really don't like. It's it's more rare. It's more rare occasions that I like. Like I like Led Zeppelin, but only the hits, and I like Van Halen, but only the hits. That's all. It's not that complicated. Now, it makes sense. It makes sense. I understand it. But what doesn't make sense is the man me. doesn't like ranch. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense too. That's just that's just me being classy. I hate all of the marshmallows and Lucky Charms, except I like the pot of gold. That's good. Um, I like I like the hearts. I love the stars. <laughs> I, I, I like the, the, the clovers. I like the blue moons. Yeah. Other than that, I hate all the marshmallows <laughs> and Lucky Charms. I love this comparison, but it's faulty because all those marshmallows taste the same. I'm even okay with the rainbows. Well, the rainbows are delightful. But other than that, I hate all of the marshmallows and Lucky Charms. I mean, I, I mean, I grew up in Cleveland, Ohio. It's by law you gotta like enjoy some Van Halen. In the eighties, uh, come on. But this story, please continue. Yes. So, um, so they, so they were jamming, but or they started to jam. He brought over all his equipment, and then people started smoking weed, and then he apparently just has this hard and fast aversion to it. So he just left, and he was he left in such a huff. That he just left all of his equipment there. Um, so the following day, Van Halen contacted Durst to recover his gear, according to Bennett. Uh, the, guitar- the, the guitarist was still upset about the experience, and after not hearing back from Durst after 24 hours, he decided to take matters into his own hands. Um, Eddie once bought an assault vehicle from a military auction, Bennett writes. It has a shine gun mount on the back and is not legal. Eddie drove that assault vehicle through L.A. into Beverly Hills, then parked and left it running on the front lawn of the house Limp Bizkit was rehearsing in. He got out wearing no shirt, his hair in a samurai bun on top of his head, his jeans held up with a strand of rope and combat boots held together by duct tape, and he had a gun in his hand. Uh, the asshole never answered the door, Bennett recalled, Van Halen explaining. I put my gun to that stupid red hat of his, and I said, Where's my shit, motherfucker? Um, that guy just turned in... Uh, to one of his employees and starts yelling at him to grab his stuff. Eddie Van Halen stood on the front lawn of the, resi- of the residential home in Beverly Hills in broad daylight, holding a gun at Fred Durst as he went back and forth from the house to the assault vehicle, lugging amps and guitars. Uh, Bennett said that the Van Halen Lip Biscuit Summit remains a head-scratcher to this day. Katy Perry could join Slipknot and I would be less shocked. It's a, a great story. It's funny, too, because... On paper, Eddie Van Halen is a fucking asshole in this scenario. Like, what yeah. a dick. But because it's against Fred Durst, you kind of go, huh, well, well, I can kind of see it. You don't hate him that much. Like, if it was like, I don't know, what if he was like jamming with Train and like yeah. he like, did this? A, You'd be like, psycho. what a jerk. Yeah, what a complete psycho. But it's the Limp biscuit. You go, oh, well, kind of makes sense. I see it. 
Yeah, there's no there's no hero in this story. <laughs> they're, they're all, we're all lesser it's for like having a, this happen. It's like a spaghetti western. <laughs> it's the more I think about it, you know, I read this in the outline and it was really funny. Now it's just getting sadder and sadder. Yeah. Now it's becoming a sad story, just the more I think about it. I mean, sometimes you got to get a gun put to your head. I mean, that's how I see <laughs> just to Just to learn a few things? I mean, you know, just to, I mean, just to keep you on, on your toes, man. Keep you ten toes down. I mean, some people get elevated for no reason. Put the gun to his head, man. That's it. Not Mindset. Too, I mean, yeah, he didn't. Crazy. Yeah, he was. He was not messing around. Yeah. No, he was not. Uh, yeah, I love that story so much. Yeah, uh, it's, it's insane, and I can't believe I've never heard of it before. I can't believe that this story right? just never was circulated. Um, yeah. But it makes sense because if if Eddie Van Halen never told it, um, it doesn't seem like something that Limp Biscuit would ever want to tell. Because it just makes them right. seem like such. It it makes it, number one. It doesn't reflect well on them because of the fact that they sort of like just didn't give him his stuff back or whatever. And it also, it just makes them seem like just like you know like punks. Yeah. Uh. So if Ed if Eddie Van Halen never told anybody, it makes sense that they wouldn't want to tell anybody. So it makes sense why this story would have just gone untold for all these years. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's it. Love that story. If you uh, if you liked that story and you like this show and you haven't done so already, feel free to subscribe. If you have a friend you think might enjoy the show, then share it with them. Uh, if you want to keep up to date with, with the, the podcast as well as all of the nostalgia content we put on a daily basis, you can follow our Facebook page, the official Nostalgia Facebook page on, on, on Facebook. You just search Nostalgia, and that's us. Uh, you can join our Facebook group, the Nostalgia Facebook group. You can also follow us on Instagram, at Nostalgia. Um, and uh, if, you, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns that you want to be read during the podcast, you can email us at nostalgicastpod at gmail.com. Um, otherwise, you know, just stay, stay safe, stay healthy, uh, and thanks for listening. So long.